Uh, I need that kind of help. I need that kind of healing. Uh, I love that. And so um, I, I tell you what, anytime I ever hear someone, who, anyone who ever asks uh, me or Brenda for counseling or just people that I know that have gone and sought out counseling, man, I'm just glad for it. I, I, I think that's great. I think that means that maybe those folks see things um, as they are and aren't blinded to the fact that, that, they, have, uh, some, that they are in need of healing. I, you know, we all are. Amen? We're all in need of healing. We've all are all in need of a Savior, every one of us. Um, it's just some people don't realize it. <laughs> Thankfully, others, others do. But, but, you know, what hope do we have? But, but here's, here's the hope. When I read the Scriptures, here's the hope I have is that we serve a powerful God. He is a powerful Father. Amen? And, he, uh, and His gospel is a powerful message with the ability to change lives. And, and Jesus is a powerful Savior um, he really is. He's a powerful redeemer. And his spirit, God's spirit, is a, is a powerful sanctifier, a powerful comforter and counselor in our lives who, who really does have real help for us. Amen? As peeper. Peep, peeper? Peeper? People. As people. Um, wow, that's funny. Peeper. I, I'll be honest. I'm a little tired and a little foggy today, so I'm sorry. I've had like three cups of coffee. Pardon me. And nothing helps. So anyway, let's, uh, maybe we should start out with a little prayer this morning here to just ask the Lord to, to be with us. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we do pray, and, and we just recognize, Father, just what, the truth of what, what we've already declared in song, Lord, this morning already, is that you are for us, and we're so grateful. Um, we're so grateful that you love us so much. We're so grateful that, that you have this loving devotion, this loving loyalty that you've just said, uh, no matter their sins, no matter how far they've drifted from me, no matter how many times they've messed up, no matter how many times they've fallen away, no matter how they struggle to be in the Word, no matter how many times they struggle to be faithful in prayer, no matter, no matter how many times they struggle to, to walk um, consistently in their, in their Christian lives, I'm going to love them. And, and so, Father... Uh, we're just so grateful for that. We're just so grateful to be loved by you like that. And, and, just, and we just need it so badly in our lives. We just, we just need to know the constancy and the strength of your love in our lives um, and, and just the, the loyalty that you've pledged to us that, that, that you're going to be um, um, with us, that you're going to be our God, that you're going to be our Savior, and, uh, and, and you are going to redeem us no matter what, ha- what we do, what our choices are really, uh, but you're going to bring about redemption for us, and so we're so grateful. Thank you, Lord, for all of us who are in Christ Jesus this morning. Lord, we just thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. And Lord, if there's someone who's not here who doesn't know your goodness yet this morning, Lord God, I pray, um, I pray, Lord, they'd be convinced today by your Spirit um, to, uh, to give their life over to you. Um, Father, we, um, uh, we ask you to be with us now as we open your word to help us to know how to live. How, how then should we live indeed? In Jesus Christ's great name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we've been talking about the change, about, you know, the, the power of the gospel really has real hope for change for us, and, and it really does change everything. We've talked about everything from um, it changes us to being people who are about everything else to being people who really are about worshiping God and wanting to worship God with every aspect of our lives. You know, we've talked about money and how, how God wants us to be generous. He wants us to be uh, giving and generous with our money. We've talked about how God wants us and, and we want to be people who would open our mouths with a word of praise or a word of testimony or something uh, when we talk to other people about His goodness and, and who He is and what He's done for us. We've talked about, you know, true worshipers, people who really 
want to follow a God, they worship God with their mouths and they watch what they say because they want what they say to be honoring and pleasing to God. What they say to other people even, they want to be honoring and pleasing. And words of praise, words of worship, no matter where they go and who they're with, no matter who their audience, they, they want to be worshipers in, in word. But also worship, worshipers in truth, you know, with their money, with their finances, just being generous with all of their things. And, and uh, we've kind of been talking about all that, all that kind of change about how really the gospel really when it's taken hold of us it changes everything god by by this great story by his by the great savior jesus christ he changes everything in us but at the same time i know that i'm you know to be a true worshiper to be a hundred percent on worshiping god with all of my life and all of my mind and and loving god with all that i am i'm never going to be a hundred percent you know there's never going to be some time that someday that's like ooh, i made it 24 hours that's never going to happen right? I, I, it's never going to happen like that, right? I'm, it's always going to be imperfect. It's never going to be complete except when you combine that with what Jesus Christ has done. Trey, you need to make an announcement today. I almost forgot. Yeah, hey, don't let me forget after service, okay? Thanks, buddy. Um, let's see. I meant to do it in the middle. I thought of it in, during the announcements, then I forgot again. But anyway, but when you take our incompleteness, when you take our, just our, our offerings as incomplete, as, as un, uh, uh, with, his, uh, with, with his, you know, all the faithfulness we can muster, and you combine that with the completeness of what Jesus Christ has done, it is a beautiful, fragrant offering that God fully accepts and says, beautiful, wonderful, a, a completely acceptable uh, to God whenever it's done in relationship to Jesus Christ. But, but we do struggle. You know, we struggle with our money. We struggle with our friendships. We struggle with, with our things. We struggle with our attention span even, right, to be, um, to be fully God's. Um, here's a, a quote from uh, John Newton. Everybody remember John Newton wrote the, wrote the, uh, the, the song Amazing Grace. Um, he was a, a captain or owner of a, of a, um, a slave ship and, and was caught out in a storm one night and was about to sink, and God said, and he said, if you'll save me, I'll turn my whole life around. And he did. He then became a pastor, went back to England and became a pastor uh, until his dying days. But this is something he wrote. I am not what I ought to be. I'm not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be in another world. But still, I am not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. Isn't that great? You like that? I- I love that. John Newton, he's pretty deep, that guy. But, but you know, talk about a changed life. This guy went from being hard, um, calloused slave trader who, you know, who were taking people over, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> to the new land to be, to be enslaved and, and, uh, and, and just callously doing that and then knowing all the time it was wrong, but he was making a good living doing it. And then all of a sudden he came to the end of himself and said, this is, this is not what life is about. This is not what I should be doing. And realized that he was in the wrong and turned his life to really to worship, uh, worship God with the rest of his life. And uh, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Yeah, amen. We are, we are his. We are his. We are the Lord's. All right, so um, I want to talk to you. About, I'm going to talk to you today about this transformation that happens in our lives. So, and I feel so tall today. I don't know why. Let me come down a little bit here with you. I'll pardon my deal here. It must be in my tall shoes or something today. All right, in, in Romans chapter 12, though, we're going to be talking about transformation today, about that change that happens in our lives. So Romans chapter 12, boy, this is Romans 8, Romans 12, just two of the greatest chapters in all of scriptures, truly. Um, so Paul's gone on in the first 11 chapters of Romans and just talked about the spiritual truths about what's happened in our lives, about what God has done in our lives. And then in chapter 12, 
he, re, he changes to do this very practical, then this is how you should live. live. And I want to point this out to you. In virtually all the epistles, it always starts with, this is what Jesus Christ has done. This is a spiritual truth of what he's done in your lives. He's forgiven your sin. He's canceled the written code. Um, he's, he's taken you and he's, he's brought you out of slavery and into the freedom of, of his son. And over and over again, he's talking about these in, enormous spiritual truths that have happened. And then in the end of virtually all the epistles, he says, this then is how you should respond. This then is how you should live. This then ought to be your response to all of the glorious things that Jesus Christ has done for you. This then is what it ought to look like in your lives. So, so when you read the first part of the epistles and the last part of the epistles, don't think they're unrelated. In fact, they're there for a reason. Matter of fact, that's kind of how chapter 12 starts, isn't it? Therefore, right? Because of all that's been presented in, up front in Romans, uh, he says, therefore, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Here's what he's describing, what he's going to be describing in the next several verses, is that there ought to be in the life of a believer an all-encompassing transformation of who they are. There, There ought to be a change in every area of their lives. And he's going to go and he's going to talk about those areas here from in the following verses. But what he's saying is, if someone is in Christ, if you've seen God's mercy, if, if you can live your life in the light of receiving his grace and his mercy and his love for you, this then ought to be happening with you. You ought to offer your body as a living sacrifice. Now, what a, what a great symbolism, what a, what a great imagery this is. You know, this would be very familiar with the Jews of his time, even though he's writing here to the Romans, right? But, uh, but a mixture of, of, uh, of Jews and Gentiles there, obviously. But he's writing to the Romans and he says, your body, you ought to live like living offerings. Offer your body like a living offering. Where The picture of the Old Testament where, where uh, an animal would be sacrificed and cut into pieces and laid on the altar and burned, he says, instead of a dead offering. Instead of one that's been sacrificed that way, live your life every day, every day like a living offering, like you've presented yourself on the altar and presented yourself as a sacrifice and said, Lord, my whole self is yours. All of me. Take all of me. It is all yours. And that is a sacrifice that we want to give. Isn't it great? In the Old Testament, you have practice and you have um, ritual. In the New Testament, uh, Jesus just says, all of it, you know, just take it all. In the Old Testament, it was sacrifice your firstborn, sacrifice, you know, the best in your flock. In the New Testament, all that you are, just just lay it all down before the Lord Jesus Christ because he's worthy of all of it, right? Isn't that great? It's not just about the ritual. The intent always was is that it would be our desire to lay our lives down, to lay everything else down for the one who laid his life down for us. Amen? All right. Um, And so, yeah, I offer my whole self. It's no longer mine. I see myself as belonging to the Lord. And here, the next thing, I'm a living, I am living a life of sacrifice to the one who sacrificed himself for me. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, just as following Christ's example, we are to live lives of sacrifice. So he's going to continue, but he's going to say, first, your whole self, this transformation where instead of doing whatever you were doing before, pursuing whatever you were pursuing before, now take your whole life and lay it on the altar of God. And this is the transformation. Just say, it's all yours. I'm all in. It's, it's all for you. 
Um, whatever I was pursuing before was not worthy of my life, but the Lord Jesus Christ is. Amen? Amen. All right, in verse 2, read with me. Um, and this is your spiritual act of worship. Don't you love it? This is, your, this is worship, giving your whole self to the Lord. Giving your whole self to the word. Lord. Verse 2, do not be, I'm sorry, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Uh, let me pause there for just a minute. What do you see in the pattern of this world? And the things that are separate from God, things that are opposite of what God's doing, what are the, some of the patterns that you see in our world that are contrary to what God's doing? Anyone? Sorry? <laughs> okay. Andy. Brokenness, yeah. Yeah. Selfishness, yes. Yes, hatred, anger, and violence, it's all around us, isn't it? It's, it's very true, very true. Greed, pursuit of money and fame, yep, that's right. Let me, I'll treat the subject very gingerly, but we're going to talk about it here in just a little bit uh, more, but sex, uh, uh, I mean, uh, the way that sex is used to sell airplane tickets and be, I, I don't understand it, I, I really don't, but anyway. Okay, anyway, but uh, yeah, in all of those things, all those ways that are the pattern of this world. And, and so get the picture of what he's talking about. He says, this world does have a pattern. There, there is kind of a, there's kind of a rut worn here in the world. And he says, don't fall into it. Don't let it press you into its mold. Don't follow that pattern. Instead, he says what? But be, oh, you can talk. It's, it's all right. I mean, we do, we do this all the time, right? Be transformed right, by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God's, what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, and let's see, let me talk to that just a minute. We're really good about trying to manage our behavior. Let me try that a different way. We're really bad at trying to manage our behavior, right? We'll go pick up some little something and say, I'm going to try to um, watch my language, and so I'm going to try to put a little clamp on my tongue and not talk like that anymore. Or, um, you know, I'm having a problem with lust, so I'm going to, like, not watch R-rated movies anymore. Um, I'm having a problem with uh, something else, you know. We're, we're real good at trying to manage the externals, but, but the problem is, is that that's not what the Bible says the solution is, right? And here's the other thing, right? So, you know, we do something where I'm going to try to watch my tongue and I'm going to get in some practice where I don't do that, and some of those actually, well, never mind, I'm not going to say that. Um, and so we get into some little pattern that we try to get in, some little practice, some little discipline. But can I tell you, in the end, in, in Colossians in particular, or Galatians, I should say, in particular, uh, Paul says, Worthless, pointless, can't help you, right? Um, in the gospel, um, the, the, the solution is not I'm trying to manage my externals, I'm trying to manage my behaviors. That'll never work or it will never work for long. Or if it does work, you'll be so proud of yourself that you'll grow in such arrogance that you'll be judging everyone who's not doing what you're doing. Is that what Christianity was about? Is that how you were saved? No, it was complete dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ and faith in Him for salvation, amen? Amen. All right. So, uh, yeah, a little aside there. Okay. Uh, but but we're, we, we try so hard to manage the externals, but the hope of the gospel was never that we'd be successful at that. Matter of fact, talk to the generations of the Israelites who try to live under the law. There's no hope in it. There's no hope in externals. There's no hope in trying to manage the externals and try to manage a discipline. The hope of the gospel is this, is that the Lord can transform my mind and my heart. 
He can change my desires. He can, conf- he can transform my mind from the rut of this world to something good and something godly. And I can't think in this world a better example than sex. L- let me tell you, the message that you would get in walking through the store, in turning on your television, even during the commercials, the message that you get is that we don't care anything about a woman except for how she looks, Right? Uh, is that not the message that you get? And, and women, I, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. It's pathetic. It, 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 it's pathetic. It's detestable. Uh, it's like we don't want to hear from you. We just want to see you. We, we just want to look at you in tight clothes or little clothes. Can I tell you how detestable that is to the Lord? Right? Uh, th- this, is, um, this is detestable, I believe, and, and something that, oh, my goodness, there's judgment coming. I, I don't know what else to say. Um, but anyway, um, how, what a detestable thing and, and what a detestable pattern. So, men, let me tell you, this is a struggle for almost all of us, isn't it? Th- this is a struggle for almost all of us. And so what do we need? We need the Lord to transform our minds to say, I don't want to think like the world thinks about women and their looks. I don't want to think like that. How then shall I think? How shall then my mind, how can my mind be transformed? You tell me, how is your mind transformed? How does the Lord do it? What's the secret behind it? What, what is it? How how's our minds transform as believers? How do we change in our mind and our thought processes? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, the way God has created the Word that we could speak, we could read, we could hear the Word, and it has, a, it has an effect in our minds to be able to change the way that we think, the patterns by which we think. I, I love to talk to people who are educators who, who have been taught a little bit about how our minds work and how they're changed. But when someone speaks to you and teaches you about something, it actually makes physical changes in your mind, physical changes in the patterns of how your brain is put together, how the neurons fit and work and, and function together. Being in the Word of God is incredibly important. And there's a reason that he, he, he preserved this for us, that we might read it and we might be changed. But that's not all, but, but that is a huge part of it. You have to be in the Word. And the enemy knows this. And so what does he try to do to keep your mind from being transformed? He will give you every excuse in the book he will bring to mind to try to keep you from it. Right? I mean, I, mean I, could be, I could be doing anything else in the world, right? I could be doing anything else in the world, but then I sit down to read my Bible and I think about the hundred little things in the, in, the, in the Scriptures, I mean, the hundred little things in my house or in my life that I need to be doing. You struggle with this? Weird, huh? Everybody struggle with this? Strange, isn't it? It's almost like something weird's going on, like something very common, like maybe we ourselves are a little rebellious and maybe our enemy is trying to keep us out of the Word so that we can't be transformed, so that we can't be changed. Um, I think one of the most practical, great advice I've ever heard was from Matt Chandler. He said, when you go do your quiet time, bring your day planner. That way, when something comes to mind that you've got to get done so you won't obsess about it and just think about it the whole time you're trying to be in prayer and the whole time you're trying to be in the Word, write it down and let it go so you can move back into, into the Scripture, so you can be back in there. So bring your journal, but bring your day planner 
jot it down, move back. You know, don't let your mind continue to wander. Don't let it continue. Mark it down so you can come back to it later. It'll wait. Um, the time that we have with the Lord is our priority and the time, the opportunity that we have to be transformed. The other thing is this, it's not just the word and not just speaking and encouraging each other with the word, but the other thing is this, is the, how, the way that we're transformed is to really take and meditate on the word and allow his spirit to work it in you. And what I'm talking about more is not just listening, reading the word and like checking it off and you know, you spent your five minutes in the Bible this morning and you get up and feel good and go on for, with, with the rest of your day and five minutes later you don't have a clue what you've read. Not effective, is it? Yeah, you've lived like this sometime. I've lived like this sometime where I've just kind of checked the box and, and I've done my five minutes of reading and I get up and it makes no difference in my day. That's not the intent, is it? The intent is that this would be, you know, you know um, the Word of God is, is referred to many times in the Scriptures as food, right? This is like food for me. This is like eating. This is like sustenance that I need to be in the Word. I've got to be in it. I need it. it it's, it's how I grow. It's how I maintain. It, it, it's, it's food for me. It's nutrition for me. I've got to have it. I've got to have it or else I can't go on. Um, and so that is, uh, that, those are how we're transformed. And just to ask the Lord, what is it in here that I need to hear? What is it in here that I need to see? You know, it happens all the time. You'll be reading in the Word, and you'll see something. You've read a, a verse a hundred times, and a day in particular, it'll jump off the page to you. True? This happens all the time. The Lord will just bring something to mind that's something we haven't seen before. Then we need to stop and meditate on it and say, Lord, what do I need to do with this? Speak to me about this verse, and, and, and to speak to Him, and to listen, and to let Him speak back to you about it, about how, you know, you need to, you need to give something over to Him, about how you need to uh, to repent of something, how you need to confess of something or something. Uh, that's really how change begins to happen um, on, a, on a real personal level is that, is that you've got to take the word somehow between this short-term five-minute memory into your heart and into your life and to transform your mind, transform your mind. Amen? Notice what he says here is if you will, if you do this, listen to what the, listen to what the benefit is, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. How can you know God's will if you can't think like he thinks? How can you know what he, what he values, what he wants you to do if you have no idea where his mind is on a particular topic? But listen to what it says. When you do, when he begins to, to put his thoughts in your mind, and not that we could, any one of us could capture God's thoughts, it's just not possible, but when we can begin to transform our thinking into the way God thinks about things, then we can make good decisions, right? Uh, apart from that, we really can't. Um, we really can't. Um, the next part is this, and I, I'm going to hit this uh, quickly, and then we're going to we'll go. But listen, listen to what he says next. Okay, so he's talking about you know he, all the first part. He talked about all these spiritual truths. Then he's moved on, and he's talked about offering your whole self as as, a, as an offering. And then he's talking about the transformation of our minds that we need to be conformed. Uh, to be like Christ and not, and, and not to the pattern of this world. And in verse 3, listen to what he starts to talk about. He's going to start talking about relationships, right? So I think this is part of that same idea of transformation. Before you and I came to Christ, relationships, right, tend to be all about us. You ever be with somebody that it doesn't matter what happens to someone else, it always seems to be about them? Right? I mean, they're talking about someone, something happened, and then somehow it's like, oh, well, they, then uh, this is me, and this is how it affected me. Really? Uh, I mean, so, you know, someone lost somebody, and all of a sudden this is somehow about you? I don't, I don't follow. I'm not, I don't get it. But um, 
but it's true is that so much of our lives, so much of our focus is on us and what we can, what we can do. And, and we like to hang around people that make us feel good. And we like our relationships to be about us. And we like to have all of that. But in, in uh, Romans chapter 12, Paul says, your relationships aren't about you. Um, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Um, so anyway, first of all, off, he says that we ought to think of ourselves in humility, um, humbly. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. The next thing he says is that you need to live humbly in your relationship. You need to live with humility. You need to imitate Christ's humility. The second thing he says is that, and none of you is independent. Every one of you is dependent upon the body of believers around you. And can I tell you this morning, the Christian life cannot be lived apart from other Christians. It can't be done. Uh, You know, God uses other people in the church in our lives, and we're not complete if we're outside of that body of Christ. You're just not. You're not going to reap the benefits of being in, um, to have all that God has for you if you're not living within the body. And also, the next thing is, not just being in the body, but exercising service and gifts within the body. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. On and on he says, but the the first thing is, is that being a part of the church body is so important for our spiritual growth, so important. And this is something that ought to change in our lives. We ought to go from maybe being more independent people to being people who are really connected in community, not only connected in community, but also serving because God has given you, every one of us, he's given every single one of us a gift that helped builds up the body of Christ. And if the body of Christ isn't functioning, it's because it's the members of its body are not serving. Yeah. We need each other. And we need each other to serve each other. I need to serve you. You need to serve me in whatever gifting the Lord Jesus has given us. And we're incomplete if someone's MIA. Right? You, you, we have to be functioning in a body together. We have to be serving. And with a mindset of, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for the benefit of the body of Christ. Because why? I owe him all things. My body is his, my life is his, my mind is his, my relationships are his, and my service is his to the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, let me, uh, Trey, would you uh, come up and kind of share uh, just, just briefly kind of what's been going on in your life? Let's see, I'm going to give him the, how about the blue microphone? Kind of goes with what you're wearing today. You are on. Check, checking the mic. Hey, Calvary Baptist in the house. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, you guys. So um, the Lord has laid upon my heart some crazy stuff lately. Throughout the summer, uh, most of y'all know um, that I went to Lubbock, and uh, I learned a lot in Lubbock, a lot about where God wants me and what it's like to try to go to the desert when you're not ready. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I prayed about Lubbock for about 30 minutes, and I was like, all right, didn't get anything, here I go, and that's not smart. And it's crazy how he talks about, you know, prayer and, like, time with God and what it is to be transformed because, man, it is totally true. Um, I struggle with a disease called laziness. Um, it's very viral, and uh, 
I can sometimes give it to my friends, especially the ones in college. And I'm like, oh, I got homework. Yeah, Waffle House. Come on, Waffle House. It's 2 a.m., Waffle House. Homework? <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, I struggle with a thing called laziness, and uh, I've learned that excuses are the offspring of laziness is what causes it. It's like laziness gets together, and they're like, hey, let's make little excuses, and that's what happens. And he talked about excuses and reading your Bible. Well, I have a good friend. If y'all were here, he played. He's from YWAM. His name's Ben Venable. Really cool guy. And he led worship. It was amazing. It was really touching. And um, he's been calling me over the summer. Hey, you know, I've been praying about you. And I wanted to ask if you wanted to get into YWAM. And I'm like, yeah, man, let me just pray about it. So I'd give like five minutes of prayer and be like, well, got nothing. So I'll leave. Well, uh, I came back from Lubbock and I thought I was done. Like, I thought I was like, I'm going to be in Canyon for the rest of my life because I'm not grown up enough to go anywhere because I'm too lazy. And, uh, well, he called me one last time, and he goes, hey, I thought about YWAM. I'm like, bro, there's no way. There's no way by the September 30th that I can get ready to go to YWAM. Well, uh, he goes, well, dude, he said this, these exact words. He goes, God is a cool dude. Like, he said that. God's a dude. And uh, he does crazy things. And he goes, just pray. Just pray about it. And so my friend said, I asked a friend. Uh, also, I think I asked David. I was like, hey, how do you have a quiet time? I've never really had one where you sit down and actually listen and he goes uh i don't know you just kind of do it like he just told me the process so i got into a quiet room called the prayer room at the wesley foundation and i sat and uh i turned on some like music just plain music and i just listened to god and god took me it was crazy like i this has never happened god just told me exactly where in the bible it goes proverbs 28 and it talks about leadership and it talks about how um what good leaders are and what bad leaders do how to be a great leader how to not be a good leader and it talks about giving to the poor and giving to the needy every once in a while. And I'd write in here these little, as you can see, this is a journal that is used during quiet time for me. It's like, ugh, crayons. No, uh, it's like, a, you know, it has these little highlighted things. These blue highlighted things are things that I had questions about. And some are just like, what is, what is giving to charity? Why is God telling me to give to charity? What can I give? I tithe at church, but what can I give? So on and so forth. And it just keeps on showing stuff through Proverbs 28. And, you know, it says in verse 20, you know, I will be blessed. And I was like, why does God want me to look at that? And it's because I need to believe. Just like if you guys feel out through your day, you're just not being blessed, then you need to realize that you are. Well, it was that. Like God was telling me, Trey, you need to proclaim right now that you are blessed. So, so on and so forth through a quiet time. And then he led me to First Peter 4 and just all this stuff. And these four things I wrote down at the end were seek the Lord, seek the Lord, be safe. It is, is it love and gain strength? And, like, I just used these two pages, and I sat down my Bible, and I was like, you know what? God's a big God, and if I just pray with this, he's going to show me what I need to do. And that first thing, prayer, it's what I'm doing now. And, like, that's what it is. Quiet time is just prayer. And it's crazy because if you focus, if you do nothing but focus on, like, you know, David said, write something down in your planner. Because I had to do that. Like, I was like, I got to do so many things. And then I did it. I wrote down, like, I got to pick up Ben from Fritch. And I go, pick up Ben from Fritch, mark it out. I called Ben. I was like, sorry, bro, you're there for another day. Hang up the phone. I didn't really do that. I was a better conversation. I'm not a jerk to my friends. Um, but it was crazy. Prayer, be safe. When it said be safe, faith is safe. By being faithful, I need to proclaim that I am blessed. This is, I can't even do, guys, I can't even do a Sudoku, Sudoku thingy. I can't, like, do crossword puzzles. I'm not even, I made a 17 on my ACT twice. Yeah, in this, this is crazy. Like, I didn't even. I was like, I'm not this smart. This has got to be God. Like, I'm serious. I was like, holy cow. You know, and it was showing me. It goes, you know, I will be blessed through my mission. Um, 
Three was finding the needy in the charity. That's love. You know, giving is love. And then using the strength of God is, you know, through this decision, there's a lot of stuff. And my decision was, I was praying about whether I was going to join YWAM, UDTS, what Ben Venable was doing. And um, God told me straight up, like, it was crazy. It, he was just like, you're going to do it. And guys, like, I'm, I'm not, like, I've never talked about God talking to me before, so this is kind of crazy. But, uh, like, it was crazy, you know, I knew what I had to do. God said, it's, what it is, is you have to have, it's school pretty much. It's, it's going to get you school. And he asked me to be a part of it. So, like, it's an honor to be able to be a part and get an, a, like, be able to, an opportunity to be part of missions. This starts out in Houston. It goes crazy. It'll go to different countries sooner or later, and it's, it's going to be wild. I mean, I would really encourage you guys to come on Wednesday and listen to uh, uh, Jimmy talk about it because it's, it's crazy. It's something wild. Um, but God led me to do it and ask God. I was like, God, you know, this is it's quite a bit of money to get there, and it's a lot. Like, I don't know. It's the 30th. That's coming up. It's 14 days from now. I'm counting it down. And, like, God, it was crazy because I even tried to interrupt God because I talk a lot, as you can clearly tell. Um, I tried to interrupt God while he was talking. And what he told me was that, Trey, don't worry about financial stuff. That's what's going to get you there. Like, you're you're not going to be able to say no. Money's going to come to you, and you, you're you just going to be like, uh, um, okay, and you're going to go. The thing is, if you're not ready, it's going to be harder. So you need to get into your Bible and your word and pray and your journal every day as much as you can until you get there or else you're not going to be ready. And he goes, Trey, you're going to go. And if you're not ready, it's going to suck. But if you are ready to go, then you're going to be ready. Like, it's going to be awesome. And so God has told me, I've prayed to God every day, God, I thank you ahead of time for providing financially and everything like that. But he's given me who to talk to, what to do. And, you know, uh, I'm, this, this isn't toward you. That's my father right there and my stepmom. So this isn't, this isn't you. My dad, awesome guy, he has told me that he supports, he wants me to get rid of laziness. This thing is going to teach me discipline, and he's excited for me. And, you know, that's hard to do from a dad, especially in missions, because, I mean, it's, it's like, it's crazy, you know, to say, like, all right, see ya, see you later. And, uh, you know, but a lot of part of my family, they don't exactly support me. They think it's crazy. Um, a lot of my family is laughing at me and saying, like, are you serious? You're asking for money from us? That's ridiculous. And so I was kind of like, you know what? Is sometimes you just got to keep on going with faith, you know? Um, and it says a lot in the Bible about what to do in that case. When Jesus is telling you, let's go, and then there's family stuff in the way, and Jesus says, hey, let family be family for now. You know, you got to follow me. Trust me. They'll come along. And it takes a whole lot of faith, a whole, whole lot. Like every night, I'm like, God, the, the clock is winding. If you're going to do the financial thing, tell me or something because I'm freaking out. But every day he reminds me, like, just say, just proclaim in prayer because God doesn't want prayer. He needs prayer. He can't do anything unless you pray. Ask and you shall receive, like, don't think prayers are too crazy. Like, don't be like, God, you know, that's, you know, that's a lot of money. I don't know if you can handle that. God's like, really? I can handle that. Back up. And so he doesn't actually talk like that. I don't know how he talks. But it's uh, it's crazy. Well, the thing is, is since I have a close friend in the program, um, the the regular price was 3500 So I was like, holy cow, that's a lot. And uh, he said, like, dude, bring, like, two-thirds at least, and you can raise the money while you're here. And it was 2300 so I was like, whew, that's awesome. Okay, here I go. So I started raising up money. And the coolest thing is, like, I went and talked to David yesterday about it. And I was like, hey, what do you guys think? And they're like, we're so proud of you. I posted Facebook messages to my friends and my family. And my, all my friends were like, we're so proud of you. You're going to do something crazy. Like, holy cow. And my friends have been mad at me lately. And I've been like, whoa, get on my level. 
Uh, you guys don't know that. I'm sorry. Um, why are you mad? Does that sound more? I'm sorry. I'm talking to the generation of my generation here. I'm sorry. But like, uh, I was like, you know, why are you guys mad at me? And he goes, because you have so much talent and you do so much of music and worship, but you won't go do anything about it. And it says in First Peter 4, it says, use, like, give to the needy. Use your faith. And by using your faith, that means go out and do something with what the talents that God has given you. And you guys, like, I love, I love, love, love worshiping a beer with you guys. Like, I love it because it's so good because, you know, it's not a huge church that, like, you got to be fancy every, every five minutes. And you got to be professional or everybody's going to think you're an idiot. Like, you know, like, I love it because everybody loves each other in this church. And you guys are my family. And God said it's going to happen in Houston. I can't wait to leave here saying this is where the church I came from. You know, this is where my home is. And, you know, David gave me a lot of advice. And the cool thing is, is Brenda brought me over here to help clean the church. And she was like, hey, you know, for helping me, I'm going to give to you. And it was so good. Like, it wasn't even, it was like 30 bucks. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. And then an old teacher of mine posted on Facebook, what's your address? I want to send you 50 bucks. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, think, like a dollar. Like, it's just so much to me because it's so, so amazing. I also want, and I just, I wanted to relay that to my church is that, you know, you guys are the reason, like, I'm going to want to do this. Because, I mean, leading worship up here made me really feel like, you know, I need to I need to go give to this world. You know, because, like, I just love my church family. Because y'all always say after leading worship, yeah, I love you guys. It was great. And, man, it just touches me here that, you know, that's, I feel so good that my church loves me. And, like, I love that. And uh, so I just wanted to make that announcement to you guys. I mean, just, I'm asking for your prayer, support, any any way you think. If you if you feel like giving, come talk to me. I'd love to talk to you more about the program. And on Wednesday, I'd love for y'all to come here to Jimmy talk about what YWAM is because it's an amazing program. And I just um, I just wanted to tell y'all that I love you guys as a church family. And I can't wait in the future to tell everybody where my home was and what I learned here just by every single person. Everybody's got their own testimony. It's, it's really an amazing thing. Uh, yeah. David Crump, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, so uh, so Trey is working to get ready, like he said, by September 30th, and the training's in Houston. How, how long's the training? Is it uh, a it's year? A, it's going to be, what it does is it does four months. I'll be back two weeks in December, and then that next semester, we'll either be going somewhere crazy in America or somewhere crazy in a different country. I need this summer. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah, it's a short training, and then, boy, just jump right into the mission field. So, anyway, if that's something you guys would like to do just individually to support Trey, you could sure talk to him about it. But, uh, boy, he certainly needs your prayers. You know, we were talking a lot yesterday about, you know, when the God calls you, it's a calling to prepare. And so, boy, he's ready to prepare. So, uh, anyway, he'll be preparing. So, anyway, we'd appreciate your prayers. Let's pray and be dismissed. And, uh, Trey, I don't know, you want to hang out here right here at the front? Yeah, and Anybody sure. who wants to uh, come by and say hi, we can. Would you all stand with me and... Uh, Let's see, Jamie Reed, would you mind praying for us, sir?